You're listening to a podcast from 702 and Cape Talk. 702 and Cape Talk, the literature corner. And today we're doing a couple of book reviews courtesy of... Janet Gurant, who of course is the founder of World Without Wine. You've heard her on this show and other shows on Cape Talk before. Um, and not quite in this slot though, but she is a polymath. She reads. She doesn't just uh, do workshops. Um, and that's why we've brought her in to talk about literature. Hello, Janet. Hi, CBS. How are you doing? Can't complain. The weekend is here. <laughs> Happy birthday for yesterday. <laughs> thank you so much. Are you well? I'm very well, thank you. It was lovely seeing you, albeit briefly, in Johannesburg recently. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for coming over. Now, I am a couple of pages from the end of this wonderful book, um, The Sober Diaries by Claire Pooley, How One Woman Stopped Drinking and Started Living. And I have enjoyed it thoroughly. And I'm very sad that it's coming to an end. The only the only incentive is that after that, I will then immediately tuck into The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober by Catherine Gray. And you have read both of these books. Shall we start with The Sober Diaries, especially since I think we've got a lovely special guest on the line as well? Sure. Uh, so I think the wonderful thing about both of these books that we're looking at today is they focus on what happens after the author has stopped drinking. I mean, there, there are many memoirs, very gripping memoirs about people's drinking, but they usually kind of stop when the person makes a change. They don't take us through that journey to sobriety. So these two books are actually incredibly inspiring. And I think they'll, they'll, people are making changes because of these books. Mm. So if we start with Claire's, well, as, is, as the title would imply, it's a diary. Some of the reviews have described it as Bridget Jones Gets Sober. <laughs> and uh, it was Bridget Jones that got a lot of us into trouble <laughs> in the first place with her role yes. modelling drunken fun. And Claire takes us through the ups and downs of her journey. And she she really provides inspiration, lots of practical tips, and certainly lots of laughs on the way. Mm. I mean, Claire's backstory, you know, I hope she's on the line, but just a brief word about her backstory. She was a high-powered executive in uh, advertising. I believe she was a board director at the age of, by the age of 30. So quite a hot shot. And then, like many women do, she quit her job to focus on her three children after all the juggling was just too much. And she found herself uh, gradually drinking more and more wine. And that's that's where the story starts. So, I think we've got her on the line. Shall we say yeah. how's it to her? Hello, Claire. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on your program today, guys. It is only a pleasure. Congratulations on this excellent book of yours. Thank you so much. I wish I wish I was with you in person, but I'm in rainy London. <laughs> <laughs> well, amazingly, it's raining in Cape Town. We're, we're all a bit stunned. Well, but... we welcome that. That's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Cape Town needs the rain. We do. Absolutely. So, yeah, Claire, your, your book, it's had amazing reviews. I was looking at them all yesterday. It's, uh, it's selling like hotcakes, and I believe it's already translated into four languages, which is quite amazing. Uh, Yes, well, um, yes, it's being uh, it's being translated into French and German and Dutch as well as as well as obviously being in English. So, so that's great. And I'm also talking to TV production companies about doing a uh, comedy drama. So, uh, so yes, it's all been really exciting. That's absolutely amazing. So, we just got a few questions for you here. So, uh, number one, I mean, your, your book deals with some pretty dark subjects, you know, <laughs> both of which I've experienced myself. So we're, we're talking about alcoholism and breast cancer here. 
But somehow, the, your amazing writing style, you managed to be upbeat, funny and positive. You know, that, that opening of the book is very powerful and it got me gripped and it sounds like it got Eusebius gripped from page one. Mm. So I wondered if you could just talk to us about that morning, that dark morning when you decided to quit drinking. Sure. Um, it was almost exactly three years ago, actually, and it was the day after my birthday party. So obviously I woke up with a really bad hangover. And um, I set myself a number of rules about drinking, which I think a lot of people do. And one of my big rules was you do not drink before midday. And uh, that was something I tried very, very hard to stick to. And But I knew that morning that the only thing that would make me feel better was alcohol. And it was only 11 o'clock in the morning. And my children were playing in the kitchen downstairs. So I went to the kitchen cupboard and I got out a bottle of red wine, which had a tiny bit left in the bottom. And I poured it into a mug so the children wouldn't see what I was doing. And I took a sip of that wine and it made me feel a lot better instantly. And then I looked at the mug I was holding and on it, it said, the world's best mum. And I felt so awful that I haven't had a drop of alcohol since that moment. So that was really my crunch point. Wow. But of yeah. course, Claire, the challenges are amazing, right? And I, I have sat in on one of Janet's amazing workshops, one of which will happen in London soon, which I think is fantastic. And the stories that people who have attempted to quit drinking, attempted to moderate and that it doesn't work. It, it's amazing how many of the stories that, that I have been privileged to listen to as people grapple with alcohol, um, are so universal because you've had some of these experiences, these experiences as well. So, for example, I mean, going socializing, for example, becomes a nightmare. You're suddenly hyper self-conscious. You're having a conversation with someone at a party and you're also having a meta conversation with yourself. Am I witty? Am I, am I saying something stupid? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. And, and just talk us through that, but, but also in particular, how incredibly empowering it was to discover a digital community where at least you knew that you weren't the only one going through this kind of um, non-linear route towards quitting because it's not smooth sailing. Yeah, uh, I think when when we realize that we have a problem with alcohol, it's very easy to feel incredibly ashamed. I certainly did. And I felt very alone. I thought that everybody else could handle their, their drink and I was the only person that couldn't. And as a result, I found it very difficult to talk to anybody in real life. And that's why I started writing what effectively for me was a diary, but I did it online. Um, and I started this blog, I called it Mummy Was a Secret Drinker. And it was really just a way of getting all my thoughts in line. But then hundreds of thousands of people all over the world started reading it. And what they said is, you know, exactly, exactly as, as you were just saying, I, you know, these experiences are just the same as mine. I might live in a different country. I might be a different age from you. I might be from a different background or culture. But what you're going through is exactly what I'm going through. And it was like this great big community, very much like Janet's World Without Wine community, too, where we all helped each other and supported each other along the way. And, you know, in the old days, the only options you had were things like Alcoholics Anonymous. And um, these days, the Internet has provided so many different ways for people to, to find help. 
So, uh, so yeah, so dealing with things that, you know, like the party situation you were talking about becomes so much easier when you know that lots of other people are dealing with exactly the same issues as you are. Absolutely. Janet? Yeah, I, I love the way that your your book was born, Claire, because it, in effect your your bloggers demanded a book from you. <laughs> so you produced a book yeah. and they all bought it. It's but it also awesome. meant, Claire, that you had to come out of the closet. Yes, that's a good yes, story. That's true, because I, I wrote I wrote anonymously. Um, so for years I didn't tell anybody what I was doing and I wrote under the name Sober Mummy. And a lot of people still call me sober mummy because that's what they used to. <laughs> um, and, and coming out of the closet was, was quite scary. I mean, for three nights before my, nights before my book was published, I didn't sleep at all. It was a bit like, can you imagine walking into a party naked? <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I felt it was like. And I never would have done that, that sober. I, I might have done it drunk, but I certainly wouldn't do it sober. Um, so, uh, so it was, it was really terrifying, but, you know, Oprah Winfrey said something recently. She said, uh, she said the most powerful thing we, we can all do is, is to speak our truth. And, um, you know, I think telling, telling your story helps other people feel less alone and it gives people the power to change. And that's why I wanted to do it. And, uh, you know, I've had a deluge of messages from all over the world since saying, you know, thank you for, for telling you know, telling my story, which is effectively their story too. You know, we are, addiction is, is one thing that unites people all over the world, I found. Just a last question from me, and then I'll le- let Janet have the final say before we take a break. Uh, yeah, Claire, um, one of the blog entries that resonated with tens of thousands of people was one in which people who had, had stop, start, stop, start, and it just didn't work, who'd give up and they wouldn't believe that there is a different field to the field in which their life is currently in. And um, that obviously is a false belief that becomes a self-limiting belief. And after you hit the send button and posted that blog entry, you thought, oh gosh, maybe that was a little bit too cheesy in terms of how you were trying to (laughs) encourage them. I found that very powerful. And I think that will travel across different forms of addiction, not just alcohol, any unhealthy relationship we have where we try and break a habit. And sometimes it takes um, really evocative storytelling imagery as a, as a, as a tool to get someone else to give it another bash. Just share that with my listeners. Mm. Yes, I, I wrote a, a blog post called The Obstacle Course, and, and you're absolutely right, actually. All addictions are similar, you know, whether it's to, to food, you know, sugar, um, nicotine, alcohol, whatever. And I talked about the fact that, for me, being addicted to alcohol was like being in a field that used to be beautiful. There used to be flowers and fluffy bunnies and the sun was always shining. And the field got more and more uncomfortable. There were more and more rain clouds. It was all the bunnies disappeared. It became very dark and depressing. And I heard that there was this other field somewhere not too far away that was still beautiful where the sun always shone and there were there were beautiful rainbows and lots and lots of fluffy bunnies. And uh, But in between my field and that field was a huge, great whopping obstacle course. And the obstacle course had ditches filled with leeches and it had big walls to climb. 
and I would throw myself at those obstacles. And after about three days, I'd be exhausted. And I think, God, does this other field ever, you know, exist? Mm. Is it possible to get there? And I go back to the, the field, which was dark and depressing, and it got worse and worse and worse. And what I said in this blog post is that that field absolutely does exist. It takes about 100 days to get there. You have to throw yourself at that obstacle course and you have to keep going one step at a time over the walls, over the, through the, the, the leech-infested uh, infested ditches. And when you get there, it will be every bit as brilliant as you heard it was. Mm-hmm. And then you, there will be fluffy bunnies everywhere. And you know what? <laughs> that, that blog post went viral. And uh, ever since I've had people sending me messages saying, I want to get to the field of fluffy bunnies. <laughs> and even better, I've had people send me messages saying, I'm in the field of bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> that so, is stunning. That so is if stunning. You're listening to yeah. this, and, and you're in that dark, depressing field. The field of bunnies does exist. You just have to go at that obstacle course and don't stop. Otherwise, yeah. you do the hard bits over and over again, and that's not what you want to do. Well, all, all the best to you, Claire. I hope you sell plenty more books, Janet. Yeah, yeah. I, I love those Thank fluffy you. bunnies. I have to confess, Claire, that I've now got a slide full of bunnies that I use in my workshop. I knew you'd forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Thank you, Claire, and uh, congratulations Thank on this you. book. Thank you so much. Okay, 18 minutes after 11. That was Claire Pooley, and she's the author of The Sober Diaries. That's the first book that Janet Gurand has reviewed here, and uh, definitely worth a read. Fantastic subtitled, How One Woman Stopped Drinking and Started Living. and Cape Talk, The Literature Corner. Janet, before we get on to the second book, let's talk a little bit more about Claire's book. You know, at, like I said to Claire there, it's amazing how a lot of this obviously is very similar to the kind of upsides that come if you can succeed in giving up alcohol that so many people have experienced. Her relationship with her children changed and suddenly even reading at night, spending time with the kids, waking up in the morning, none of that became a chore anymore. No, no. I mean, we we hear so much about that on the workshops, people connecting so much better with their children, with their husbands, with uh, with the people around them. It's, you know, they say that the opposite of addiction is connection. And I, I think we, we see that over and over again. The one, the one thing she discusses that caught my attention, and you know that I've got a complicated relationship with food, is yeah. cross-addiction. So some people, the ones that I'm jealous of, quit drinking for two months and they shed the weight and other people don't. And one of the reasons is that often you substitute one unhealthy habit for another and instead of reaching for the vino, you're now suddenly reaching for for sugar. Yeah, I, I mean, I do cycle, say to people... Which is why um, I think it's so important to talk about the general lessons that can be learned here. We're talking about alcohol, but we're really yeah. talking about general psychology when it comes to addictive behavior. Absolutely. And I think we can use the same tools for for the various uh, addictions. I think so. I, I was thinking maybe I should start a blog, World Without Sugar. Please do. We'd all read it and love it. You get so many followers. I was hoping it would be anonymous, but I'm afraid now I've given it away. They'll know. They will embed it on your, on your one and see how it goes because the, the cross-addiction discussion in her book is amazing. The second book I haven't read, so over to you. Sure. Okay. Well, this one's called The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober. Uh, did you notice, Eusebius, there's a whole new genre of literature that's coming out here. We, we used to talk about chick lit, didn't we? You know, books by chicks for chicks. <laughs> and now, of course, we've got quit lit. 
That's so true. I yeah. know. People that used to drink or do other stuff, and now they've quit. Apparently, from mum, this term, From mummy juice to zero alcohol. I know. It's, it's <laughs> awesome. So I'm loving this new genre. Uh, so the author here is Catherine Gray, another Brit. I don't know what it is with us Brits and our booze, but we all <laughs> seem to struggle. <laughs> uh, well, Catherine's book, you know, the first thing that I have to say is I just love this title, because it, it says it all for me. And in fact, it's all about the bunnies, isn't it? Going back to our discussion. That's with very Claire. true, actually. Yeah. That's very true. Because with Claire's one, the title doesn't tell you, um, well, the subtitle does, but the main title doesn't tell you what is in the diaries. This one kind of like tells you about yeah. the euphoria that Catherine must be speaking about. What's Ab- in it? Absolutely. Well, it's, um, it's about you know what happens if you do hang in there you know and go through this obstacle race and, and get sober it's the best book that i've read about some i don't want to say selling sobriety but making sobriety something that people want because you know the first step to stop drinking is to actually want to be sober and if you imagine that sobriety is going to be a dark dull depressing place as certainly i felt you know i thought oh well i'll just stay home and be quiet and never go out again and but it, it in fact wasn't like that it was the opposite if anything but Catherine is inspirational in in the way that she writes so a little bit about her backstory is that she was a journalist on uh magazines like Cosmopolitan and Glamour, I think. And like all of you lucky journalists, she she got invited out to free drinks, passes and launches practically every evening, which uh, she took up with great enthusiasm, I must say. And she does write, she spends the first uh, 60 pages talking about her drinking and then the next 200 pages talking about the sobriety. So just a word about her drinking days. Uh, what, a bit that I liked best was um, a business trip. Her, her magazine sent her to Venice on a business trip. And she was actually 30 days sober when she got there. But it was too much too soon. And it resulted in a, a seven-day bender. I mean, that's, that's serious. <laughs> but she, she and that's shot. why I like the story of the bunnies, because it is not a linear process. Exactly, exactly. There she was, you know, she thought she'd cracked it after 30 days and she so hadn't cracked it. But she's sharp, she's funny. One of my favourite bits uh, in her book is about her friends, you know, her long-suffering friends. And they actually made a verb out of her name. So they said, oh, rather than saying I was so drunk last night, they'd say, oh, I got so cussed last night. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that. So, you know, that's that's the kind of crazy writing it is. (laughs) That is hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and she talks about the moment she knew things had to change. Am I allowed to read a paragraph? Please do. Have you know I love time? your voice. Okay, just just stop me Go if it's it. too long, but I don't think it will be. A few minutes. So alcohol unlocked my true self, I thought. I was willing to pay for that luxury. Sober, I felt just wrong. What I didn't know was how terribly high the price was going to be. It was going to cost me friends, familial love, many boyfriends, the respect of my colleagues and all of my self-esteem. It was going to place me in dangerous situations, scenarios in which it was amazing that I wasn't killed. The pace was glacial, over the next 21 years in fact. The scary times were one in a hundred, then they were one in ten, then every other time. Then just every single time, 
but I'd long forgotten that there was an alternative. Addiction has an imperceptible grip that tightens ever so gradually. Nobody wakes up one day and suddenly can't stop drinking. The progression is apparent to others, perhaps, but mostly dismissed with quizzical glances. However, the person themselves is usually totally oblivious because they are shrouded deep in denial. Deep, deep in denial. For me, addiction manifested itself in the breaking of hundreds of tiny rules, tiny threads that tethered me to the ground, tiny threads that tethered me to the ground snapped, one by one, the rules of normal drinking. I never thought I'd lose my last grocery money to buy wine, until I did. I never thought I'd drink in the morning, until I did. And once you've broken a rule once, it becomes very easy to break it again. And again. Good writing, hey? Very good. How would you contrast the two books? How would I contrast? Uh, well, th these two ladies are at kind of different stages in their life. Claire uh, will forgive me for saying that she's slightly older than Catherine. Catherine, um, I'm not entirely sure, but I believe she's in her uh, early 30s. You know, she, she did the 20-something thing and, and made a change in her 30s. Whereas Claire um, had her corporate career, took the time off to bring up the children, so is, you know, a little bit older. And, and I think these two books will appeal to different people, sure. uh, people at home with their kids, people trying to juggle jobs and careers will and children will love Claire's book. Whereas mm -hmm. maybe the younger set, uh, maybe you bosey journalists will, will really love Catherine's book. Well, I really enjoyed Claire's book. So I'm looking forward to Catherine's perhaps resonating even more. Janet, yeah, I think you'll so love much. it. And they're both available in South Africa, are they? Yes. Uh, actually, you can buy them both on my website <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, or uh, exclusive books. Your website, World yes, Without Wine. Yes, my website. Wine. I'm an Amazon affiliate, so um, it's on the homepage of my, my website. Yeah, I would encourage my readers to go and buy them um, on your website. Oh, and thank let's, you. let's dislodge that monopoly called exclusives. Ex Thanks well, actually, they're show. much cheaper on my website. And they're cheaper, but beyond that, <laughs> let's share the love. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Janet.